Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Siberian wind, Claude. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Lit my face as I led my Navy SEAL team through the unforgiving wilderness. I am Joe, the drummer from a local band back in Kansas. Not exactly the typical background for a Navy SEAL, but I'd always found the rhythm of chaos easier to navigate. When I was laying down a beat, now I was marching to the drum of a classified mission in the heart of Siberia. 
Our intel pointed to a secret Russian base harboring something beyond our understanding. Unknown radioactive predators parachuting into the frozen landscape, we hit the ground with precision. The cold Siberian air filled my lungs as I motioned for the team to move out. We were here to uncover the truth, no matter how deep it led. Silently, we moved through the shadows, eliminating guards with lethal efficiency. The base loomed ahead, a foreboding structure in the desolate landscape. Once inside, the air grew thick with tension. We crept through dimly lit corridors, following the trail of classified experiments. As we delved deeper, we stumbled upon a scene from a nightmare. Scientists' faces contorted in fear, desperately trying to control a swirling mass of unknown chemical element. But control was slipping away. The room trembled with an otherworldly energy, and then it happened. The experiments went south, horribly south. The room convulsed as creatures, looking like the rake, a cryptid but more monstrous burst forth, fangs glinting in the dim light, fur matted with the gore of their creators. Chaos erupted as the creatures tore through the scientists, leaving carnage in their wake. Seal team, engage, I barked, my drumming instincts taking over as I fired at the abominations. Bullets tore through the air, and the acrid smell of gunpowder mingled with the stench of death. The base became a battleground, a symphony of gunfire and guttural roars. Hours passed, and the creatures lay motionless, victims of our relentless assault. But victory tasted bitter as we realized something crucial. The chemical element we sought had vanished, stolen by an unseen group during the chaos. Disappointed didn't quite capture the sinking feeling in my gut. We called for evac, standing amidst the aftermath of a battle against nightmares. The Siberian wind carried whispers of secrets untold, leaving me to wonder just how deep the rabbit hole went. The rhythm of uncertainty echoed in my mind as the chopper blades cut through the frozen air, carrying us away from the heart of Siberian darkness. While working for the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources in 2017, I was assigned to investigate sightings of a particular deer in the South Kettle Moraine State Forest along the Ice Age National Scenic Trail. The description suggested that the deer suffered from chronic wasting disease, CWWD. There were three different reports, each stating that the deer was malnourished, severely injured, and had a terrible odor. My first thought was that the deer had been wounded and that gangrene had probably set in. The part of the trail where the deer was reported was difficult to access with a vehicle, so I ended up hiking. The sightings were near one of the public shelters. The most recent report was made about 24 hours previous. I reached the shelter just as a thunderstorm began to roll in. I looked around quickly for the deer. But the rain started to fall heavily, and I decided to wait it out in the shelter. The shelters in this area of the park are more like little cabins and used by backpackers. I took off my backpack and sat down. I was soon overcome by the stench of rotting flesh. It came out of nowhere, and it was so strong that I was nearly gagging. I looked around the interior of the shelter to see if I could find the source. 
Then I thought I saw something move past the doorway, but when I peeked outside, there was nothing. The stench then disappeared as quickly as it had manifested. I waited in the shelter for maybe another thirty minutes. The storm hadn't let up, but the stench suddenly returned. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew there was something terribly wrong. I can't explain how I knew. I just knew. I then heard something scrape against the side of the shelter. It was loud. I looked out through the window, and I saw what looked to be white antlers. Now, that didn't make any sense at all. It was early summer here in Wisconsin, and bucks don't start growing their antlers until much later in the season. Even if they were early, they would still be covered in felt. I figured this must be the injured deer, and it certainly smelled like it was on death's door. I tried to get a better look out the window, but the animal appeared to be moving towards the door of the shelter. Whatever it was, I was about to see it soon enough. I couldn't shake the feeling, though that there was something off about this whole situation. I removed the gun, a 12-gauge shotgun with slugs. I had packed in to dispatch the deer. I pointed it at the door and I waited. The doorway was dark because of the storm, but I could still see well enough to know that the creature that walked into view wasn't an old injured deer. It was about twice the size of a full-grown male whitetail, and its body was absolutely skeletal. Its fur was long and stringy, like the kind of long hair you would find on a dog, and parts of it were missing fur completely. But the worst part was that its head was a skull. No hair, no skin, just bone with the antlers attached, and I didn't see any eyes in its sockets. I could see it had a tongue in its jaw, and its teeth looked like those of a deer. But the lower jaw didn't appear to be hanging on by much, and I don't know what the thing was. It was standing there in that dark, rain-soaked doorway before I fired at it. I hit that creature three times center mass, and it ran away. It was weird because it didn't fall down, and it didn't even falter a step. It just ran. I waited another hour for the storm to pass before hiking out of there. I had never been so scared in my life. If a shotgun couldn't stop it, there was nothing I could do if I ran into it again. I finally reached my truck. I had no idea what to report to my boss. I eventually decided to report that I never observed the deer. I thought that if I reported the truth, it would raise red flags about my competence. Not long after that incident, I found another position within the department as a conservation warden. In the fall, sometime between 9.30 and 10, 30 p.m., I had just finished spotlighting for deer. I returned home and decided to look for my friends who were hanging out by the old water company. When I found them, they excitedly told me they had just seen the creature. They explained that they had spotted it after hearing a strange noise, and when they shone their spotlight in that direction, they saw the creature standing by a telephone pole. Once again, this wolf-like creature was upright on two legs. It quickly darted into the woods, disappearing from their view, and they didn't encounter it again. The following day, we decided to investigate further. We used a measuring tape to measure from the ground to where the creature's head had been, just below a spike in the pole, and it measured a staggering seven feet. 
The Mercer County area had been a known hotspot for dogman sightings since the 1960s, with many reports originating from the Shenango Reservoir vicinity. I shared this report with CUE. In 2011, following a meeting of MAPS, Mysteries and Paranormal Society, during that meeting, I also described a series of other dogmen reports that I had personally encountered in the 1990s. I was out for a walk with my daughter and our dog in the evening, near a cemetery just before dark as a thunderstorm approached. My daughter grew bored and decided to head back to the vehicle, opting to wait for me to finish the walk. While she was in the car, something astonishing happened. She saw a bipedal creature that looked like a werewolf, standing about five feet tall, with grayish fur and dark eyes, emerge from the nearby bushes. This creature boldly walked around our vehicle once and then disappeared back into the bushes. The most chilling part was that it made direct eye contact with my daughter, who froze in terror. When I returned to the car, I found my daughter hysterical with fear. I could tell she wasn't lying, and I believed her. We couldn't help but wonder if the approaching thunder and electrical storm somehow served as an energy source for this mysterious creature to manifest in our world or dimension. This cemetery was on the outskirts of town, in a rural area with plenty of woods and creeks, providing a suitable habitat for such creatures. My daughter was emphatic that it was not a Bigfoot. It had a wolf-like snout. This area of Pennsylvania has a history of strange phenomena, and this encounter added to its mystique. My grandfather told me this story a couple months ago about a weird creature he encountered with his platoon in Vietnam. He said it looked like a Bigfoot, but different in some way. The story begins at Cam Ran Air Base in 1957. He arrived at the barracks and went right to bed because he knew the next day was going to be a long one. He awoke and joined his platoon. They started their patrol through the jungle when they found an injured ARVN soldier next to a tree. My grandpa asked him what had happened, and the ARVN responded, It's still near. Get away from here. My grandpa was confused and didn't think anything of it. They put the ARVN on a stretcher and sent him back to base. They continued their patrol, and everything was normal for a couple hours until they heard a loud, deep scream-type sound. They rushed toward it, guns at the ready. They cut through the brush into a clearing and saw a seven-foot-tall, hairy creature gnawing on bones. One of the men started to shoot at it. Bad idea. The creature lunged toward him and flung him into the air. The soldier crashed to the ground and screamed. The creature grabbed the man and bit into his legs. The other men started shooting at this thing. It yelped and dropped the man. The creature ran into the woods. A soldier ran to go help the man that was bit. The man's legs were gone and his spine was broken. The medic came over and put the man on a stretcher. They started their way back to base. They went about a mile before the thing came back for revenge. It jumped out of the bushes and snatched one of the soldiers. It dragged the man into the brush. All the soldiers started sprinting down the trail. My grandpa tripped on a rock and smashed his head on the ground, making him black out. 
He awoke the next morning with a huge gash on his head and blood all over the place. He started to get up when he heard large footsteps coming near. I laid her back down and acted dead. The creature walked by him, thinking he was dead. A few minutes later, he got up and started walking, but soon he realized he didn't know where he was. He walked down the trail for a while, hoping to find someone from his platoon. He walked for hours, but he eventually found a helmet. He turned it in circles and found that there was a hole through the middle. He walked a little farther and found what was left of his platoon. All the soldiers were dead, but the medic was nowhere to be seen. He grabbed a gun and continued hoping to find the medic still alive. He walked for a couple miles when he began to think he was never going to find the base until he found a map. He grabbed the map and looked at it for a while. He figured out where to go and started walking. The next morning, he arrived at the base. His clothes were ripped and his face was bloody. After they got him cleaned up, my grandpa went looking for the medic. Eventually, he found the medic in a tent. One of his arms was gone and he had scratches all over. What happened, my grandpa asked. The medic responded with, I ran and ran with that man on my back until I collapsed. And a patrol found me. My grandpa went and asked to go home that day. My grandpa was changed by this. He's been going to therapy since. I've asked around and no one seems to know what that thing was, and my only explanation was Bigfoot. So last night I was driving home around 3 a.m. and I passed by a suburban intersection. Look left, look right, and turn back, and wait what? For a fraction of a second, I saw a humanoid creature sitting cross, leg hunched over with its back towards me. It was bald and hairless all over. I couldn't reverse to have a second look because there was a car a few paces behind me, but I watched it turn right and the driver just kept going, as if nothing was there. After a slight hesitation, I got out of my car to check the scene and it was nowhere to be seen. Anyone have any ideas what I might have spotted? In 2001, my sixth grade teacher told our class this story about her childhood growing up in Texas. I don't remember the entire story, but I do remember a few things and would like to know if anyone has ever heard of this. This would have been the early 1970s somewhere in Texas, but I am unsure of the city. She said there was a house down the street from hers that was abandoned. There were newspapers piling up in the yard and the property was unkempt. For some reason, she decided to break inside the house to explore. She broke in through the kitchen window in the back of the house where she could go unnoticed and landed in the kitchen sink. There were tons of empty bottles of mane and tail shampoo scattered about. She came across a creature that she described as part horse, part woman. Apparently, she saw the creature from behind first, as she described seeing the back of a woman with long, lustrous hair. Once the creature turned around, she said it had a leathery face, huge teeth, the body of a woman, but horse hooves. She ran back out of the house, frightened. Something strange happened a few weeks later. Apparently, there was a man who lived at the house, or at least owned it. It seemed that he had been harboring the creature in this house. There ended up being a chase that occurred with a man and creature trying to get away and law enforcement in pursuit. 
This story was told so long ago, I am forgetting some of the details, but this story is so bizarre it stuck with me. Has anyone ever heard of such a creature? Hi, so I've had a couple encounters that have left me feeling crazy and super off. I live in central New York, which is where each of these happen. So several months ago, I'd say probably around February or March, I was at a park with one of my friends after dark. We had gone there frequently, and nothing had ever seemed weird. My friend was standing off to the side of a shed a few hundred feet away from me. I was sitting in my car. I had been zoned out, looking at stuff on my phone. He had been talking on the phone with someone. It wasn't until I heard this strange barking that didn't sound human or animal-like, per se. I couldn't figure out which direction it was coming from. The sound seemed to be coming from every direction. I looked up and saw my friend quickly walking down the hill before coming to a dead stop mid-step. When I looked around, I saw out of my side mirror something stand up from all fours from behind my car and sprint off way too quickly into the surrounding woods. My friend came running to my car, getting in and locking the doors before saying, Did you see that thing? It wasn't human. It looked like it, but it was way too tall and skinny. It had ran up behind your car, and then when it was going behind your car, it squat down on all fours and then got up and ran off. The second encounter. This happened a few months after, right around the start of spring. I was with three of my friends and one of their dads. We were in the middle of the woods at one of their campgrounds. They had gone off for a walk probably 20, 30 minutes ago. I had stayed back to watch the fire. Suddenly the world had gone almost silent. I almost felt like I wasn't even in our world anymore. It's hard to explain. I heard this woman screaming, No! No! Help! Someone help me! I had just sat there, staring at the direction that I thought the noise was coming from, which was deeper in the woods. At first, I thought maybe it was one of my friends yelling, but none of them sound like that. Something had also been off about this voice. After a few minutes, it trailed off and got quieter as the world returned back to normal. My friends had returned after another 15, 20 minutes from a different direction than I heard the voice. So yeah, if anyone knows what these encounters are or has had similar experiences, let me know. I'm going to say I did not believe in alien abduction before this happened. I know it wasn't a dream. I was at home. I am lying in my bed writing a song. I was really depressed and didn't know why I was still alive and what was my purpose. I wasn't tired or anything, but I guess I must have fallen asleep or something. The next thing I know, I'm laying on a bed. It was hard and felt like metal under my body. I was naked. I could only turn my head a little looking around. I saw beings, gray but not short. They were tall, I'd say around six feet or more. They had eyes the shape of almonds. They had no clothing on. They didn't walk. They moved so smoothly. I started to panic because three of them started towards me. All of a sudden, I get this voice in my head to turn my head to the right. As I'm turning my head above me are these tubes that weren't hard but like rubber. That wiggled. As I finished turning, my head standing beside me was this tall being. 
The head was gray. It had almond-shaped eyes, but the body was like a liquid. It told me not to be afraid, but it didn't speak. It was like it was in my head speaking. All of a sudden, I get this sharp, burning pain in my left ankle. I tried to move. I tried to do something, but I was being held down by some force or maybe paralyzed. Again, this main being came right over me and looked down at me. I could feel tears going down my face, in my head. I asked, why is this happening? It smiled, but I didn't see the smile. I felt it. It told me that I needed to say to them something. I can't remember what I'm supposed to say to them and don't know who I'm supposed to tell it to. After that, my head snapped to where I was looking up at these hanging tubes. One of them started to slowly come down towards me. As it got to my right eye, it went from limp and soft to hard, and it had a point like a needle. As the needle-type tube was about to enter my right eye, the main being put its hand on my forehead. The next thing I know, I wake up and I'm looking out into space. I'm in a smaller craft, looking at a larger craft. But it was all hazy, like I was drugged. The windows on the big cigar-shaped craft looked like swirling water. The next thing I know, I'm laying back in my bed two hours later. My left ankle felt like it was on fire. I put my hand down there and felt a mark. It was diamond-shaped. It looked like it had already started healing as a scar. For the next week, I had a hard time walking on that foot. It felt like something was burning inside my ankle. This occurred in Massillon, Ohio, on 8-11, 2014, at around 6, 15 p.m. Nine years later, I still have the diamond-shaped scar, but it is very light. I don't know what they did when they stuck that tube needle into my eye. I really want to find a way to remember what I'm supposed to tell them, whoever them is. Ever since this, I have become a recluse. I want to know what happened to me that night and why they did these things to me. Will they visit me again? What do they want? When I was about 16, I wasn't feeling the best one night and decided to go to bed early. Sometime during the night, I woke up out of nowhere and was feeling really groggy, but at the end of my bed, I saw a shadow that looked to be wearing a cowboy hat or one of that shape. There's a window across from where my bed is and the curtains were closed. The moonlight was shining through very faint so I could just make out the shape. I couldn't see any features. When it happened, for some reason I wasn't scared. I just thought it was my brother for some reason. But maybe that's because I was half asleep. I just asked, why are you in my room? And he didn't say anything. He just slowly moved back a few seconds after towards the corner of my room, which was completely black until I couldn't make it out anymore. It's like it just faded into the darkness. Right after this, I just fell asleep again, and looking back, I don't know how I could. I woke up that morning, and the first thing I thought of was what I saw, and that's when it hit me how stupid it would be for my brother to be in my room, that late wearing a hat. I asked everyone in the family if they were in my room, and of course no one was. I thought I might have been dreaming, but I clearly remember waking up with a headache and still being half asleep, and the fact that I remembered it that morning, and the feeling I got in my heart when I realized what happened, especially considering I can never remember my dreams. 
Any thoughts, Eddie? This was in Ireland around 2016. This was about 16, 17 years ago, but my brother, myself, and a couple friends were out driving around on a country road one night around Jefferson County, Indiana. It was about 2 a.m., and we were heading back to our house when this creature ran in front of the car. It was probably about the size of a chimpanzee, white fur, long arms with the head shape of a canine. This thing is burned into mine and my brother's memories and the memory of two of the other people who were in the car that night. I'm curious as to if anyone else has seen or heard of anything like it. I've poured over numerous posts and articles about cryptids and can't seem to find anything that really matches it. Also, weird point, but the way I always described it was if the mongoose bike mascot from the 90s was a real creature. Edit. A lot of people have suggested Dogman. I don't think it was. This thing was short, maybe fourth tall, like I said, body similar to a chimpanzee. Very muscular and could most likely walk bipedal. But while it ran was using its arms as another set of legs. This happened many years ago. I lived Maryland in a little suburb-type community. My bedroom faced the road and my parents faced the backyard. We lived in the middle of a cold deal, sick so you could see a lot from my bedroom window. Late one night I got up and headed to the bathroom. When I got back in bed I heard knocking at my bedroom window. I was on the second floor so I knew no one was knocking on my window. I thought it must have been my cat. I rolled over and tried to fall back asleep. There was more knocking, only this time there was a pattern to it, like shave and a haircut. So this was definitely not my cat. It was from outside. My door was on the other side of the room, so it wasn't anyone inside. I got out of bed and went over to my window to look outside. At the end of the street was a light post and a giant oak tree next to it. This little creature looked like a real live version of Danny Devito's penguin, but not so dirty was dancing under the light post. It grabbed the pole when it realized I was looking at it, spun around it and jumped to the side and disappeared as his feet clapped together. It was super weird. I have no idea what it was. I've never seen it again after that. Not too much longer after that sighting, my mom passed away by her own hand. So I don't know if he had something to do with it or if it's just coincidence, and I'm still trying to place blame after 26 years. This happened in maybe 2015-ish in Ohio. I would be 16 at the time. My friend and I were walking home from a local park on the side of a somewhat busy street. Suddenly I saw a glimpse of something sprint across the road and over the guardrail ahead of us. The other side of the guardrail is a steep hill and densely wooded area. He asked me if I saw that and I was even more creeped out. He saw it too, and we both described almost exactly the same. It looked bipedal, but seemed to be running on all fours. Had what looked like gray, ash-white hair all over its body and was fast as hell. We got up to where it would been on the road and saw nothing on the hill or in the woods down below. 
We kept looking around but saw no sign of anything before we just agreed that it was really weird and kept walking. About two years ago, I lived in an old house outside of city limits in western Alabama. Wild hogs are considered a nuisance in this part of the country, and thus are year-round game. The land wasn't mine, but it was legal hunting ground, so my landlord gave me and my friends explicit permission to take care of any hogs we came across. So a lot of the time, especially during the winter when this encounter took place, I was posted up on my back porch with a cigar and a gun, either by myself or with company. This land wasn't very clear. In fact, we only had about 20 feet from the porch to the tree line. Then it would go down a hill and the brush would get thicker. So our hunting was just being quiet and looking for the beady eyes of hogs in the foliage when we heard rustling. So all that being said, one night during my porch sitting, I heard some rustling. I started scanning the woods for this hog and eventually did come across a set of white beady eyes. They weren't a hog's eyes, though, because these were eye-level with me. As my eyes continued to adjust, the... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The rest of the creature started coming into view. It was tall, thin, and had long, spindly arms and legs. Its entire body was completely black. I couldn't make out any other facial features besides the eyes, but what I could make out was that this thing was actually a good ways down the hill, so the fact that it was still at eye level with me meant it was likely around 10 feet tall. It started up the hill moving towards me and I had this feeling in my gut that 45 caliber bullets probably weren't going to do much here, so I slowly collected my things and headed back into the house. It didn't make any sound as it moved other than a slight crunch of leaves. As it climbed the hill, it somewhat stopped at the tree line, then turned and walked along the edge of it. It bobbed and lurched a bit as it walked, kind of how some large birds bob their head as they move. That was the most terrified I had been in a long while, and as the title says, this wasn't the only encounter. My hunting buddies and I all saw it several times, walking through the trees a good bit away from the house, sometimes turning to look at us. My roommate that moved in later that same year once walked outside and saw it right up against the porch, looking right down at her. It never tried to attack anyone or even acted aggressively, so we eventually stopped being as scared, though still very cautious, and started calling him Big Boy. I've told a couple other friends about this. One of them said the description and behavior matched something called a California Dark Watcher. I did my research, and as much as this creature matches up, this was on the opposite end of the continent. I'm still not 100% sure what it was that I saw, but I am 100% sure I saw it. Multiple people did. Edit 
typos and also forgot to mention that the woods went completely silent every time we would see it, even the bugs. Things normally get quiet when there's a predator in the area, but I mean complete and total silence. Edit 2. All right, you guys talked me into it. Give me a couple weeks and I'll be back out there with some trail cameras. Hopefully I'll catch something on video after all this time. Edit 3. Update. Just spoke to my old roommate that saw it up close. She said it was more eerie than downright scary. It looked at her like it was curious, tilting its head to the side like a dog when you're holding something it wants. My hunting buddies and I all saw it from 30, 50 feet away, but she ended up being closer than all of us. She confirmed no features other than eyes, but it had sunken in spaces on the face where there would be features. I understand her not taking a picture. I wouldn't take a picture of a bear if it was 10 feet from me, let alone this thing. I was doing a delivery for work about an hour ago from typing this. The delivery was in Grove City, Pennsylvania, and the unloading area was right off of the one road in this particular part of town. As the guy started unloading my truck with his forklift, a couple other guys came out just to chat. The guy on the forklift points to the road and asks if he see what he's seeing. After I told him no and looked at the road, I saw it. There was a tall, broad man wearing a fluorescent yellow jumpsuit that resembled a hazmat suit. It was the same shade of yellow as the stereotypical selection of rain jackets or rain boots. Keep in mind that it's hot and sunny outside today. He was wearing black boots, bulky black gloves that looked like ones you'd wear in snowy weather and one of those 95-type face masks. All of his skin was covered except for his eyes. This alone was strange, but his behavior was also very off. He was walking in a very exaggerated manner. It almost looked like he was dance, walking. He stopped when a kid about 10 years old happened to ride by on his bike. He stopped the kid and started talking to him. One of the guys helping unload my truck loudly told us to check if he knows that kid. After that, the man and the boy go in opposite directions. The man then stops looks at me and waves. It was hard to tell, but it looked like his eyes were squinted as if he was smiling a really big smile under his mask. I didn't wave back and just kept watching him. He walked by the guard shack in front of the unloading zone, which blocked my view of him, and then he was gone with no trace. The road was open with no surrounding woods or intersecting roads nearby. It would have been extremely obvious if he came out from around the shack. I walked around to find him and even looked again as I was driving away, but it was like he was never there. What could this have been? Was it some creeper criminal? Was this something paranormal like the grinning man, an extraterrestrial or maybe interdimensional being? It wasn't just mind tricks because at least five people total all saw the same thing. This story is from the time when me and my boyfriend started dating. We are both into supernatural things, weird things, creepy things. It was December 2021. We are from a city in Romania called Bodosani. 
Usually when we were hanging out, we were driving for hours, sometimes parking and just watching videos. In this particular night, we decided to go to a village 20 minutes as away, Mandristi. It was around 12 a.m. We usually were hanging out only at night because of the work and school. We planned to park in a field, put a blanket in the trunk, and stay there watching the city lights. We have been there before, and we felt some things, like being watched, but decided that we were paranoid and didn't think much after. We did the same with the other things we saw on our dates. Anyway, we arrived at the field, parked the car with the trunk facing the field and the dashboard facing the exit. We got out and put the blanket in the trunk. I want to mention that I get scared and spooked easily. I always feel scared in places that I don't know very well. I started to feel like something is wrong and we shouldn't be there, but I ignored the felling and proceeded to sit in the trunk. As I looked to the lights of the city, I started to also make a human figure out of the dark field. I called my boyfriend to come closer and look. He didn't see it at first. It was when I got really scared and starting to get in the car that he saw it. He got scared too and got in the car quickly telling me that the figure was coming towards us. I can even remember if we left immediately or not, but I think we did. I can t remember because we returned to that field many times since. The figure that we saw was a tall black, fog-like figure. When I say tall, I mean like a man and a half tall. We didn't see it since, and there is one detail that I can t remember for sure. One, because of the panic, and two, because we had many situations like this one. Not only encounters, but also just moments when we felt like we were stalked. We felt like we shouldn't be in certain places. And before anyone says that we really shouldn't be in certain places, we know that, and most of our stories happened in really random places. When we go to more sacred places, we are respectful and take precautions. Anyway, I can remember if one of us saw or felt like this figure was watching us. And when I say watching, I mean like it had glowing eyes. However, it might have been only our imagination or the city lights that gave us the impression of eyes. Also, it was not a man, because if it was he would have come to the car and tell us to leave or bang in the windows until we left. My boyfriend just told me one thing that happened the same night, and for some reason I was thinking it happened another time. So we left the field, and as soon as we got on the road, we noticed. The spot on the road. I parked the car, my boyfriend got out first and looked. He said it was blood, but I didn't believe him, so I got out to see for myself. It was blood. The thing is that it looked as it had fallen from above, if it makes sense. The road that we were on has trees on one side and the other, but not on this exact spot because there was the entrance to the field. Also, it couldn't have been a car that killed some animal that was crossing the road because there was no animal and no cars had passed since we arrived. No lights, no engine sounds, nothing. What do you think it was? Has anyone had similar encounters? And should I post the rest of the stories? Hopefully, this is the right place to post about it. It happened when I was in high school, either 2015 or 2016 of May 6. 
my best friend at the time, our two guy friends, and I went to a small concert and decided to go to a residential park after to chill or smoke a little weed. This was in Huntington Beach, California, in a pretty wealthy suburban residential area. We sat at a bench and were just hanging out and chatting like normal teenagers. No alcohol or heavy drugs or psychedelics were involved at all. It was a pretty large park. There was a soccer field right in front of us, and behind it was a hill that led to a residential neighborhood on top. This part is really important later. Since there were no lights behind the soccer field, the hill was really dark and hard to see. All of a sudden, we saw four orange lights trailing back and forth in an S-shape down the hill. And there was a this sound that resembled almost like a dinosaur or animalistic snarl or something. We assumed it was the cops, so we started to stand up and back away from the benches towards our car. We were stalling to see what was coming towards us. As they came into the lights of the soccer field, we saw about five or six people in black hooded cloaks walking side by side in unison. They were also playing some eerie music from a stereo or something. All of them formed a circle, and one of them came into the middle of the circle, took off his cloak, was naked, and started hitting and stopping his chest really hard. I remember him being bald, very pale, and hitting his chest so hard that it was leaving pink marks on his skin. Then he blew a horn of some sort, which made that sound that resembled an animal's snarl. Then all of them turned around looking at us in unison and started sprinting towards us. I started to run, but for some reason my friends weren't really running at all. Then they started getting really close, and then we all panicked and ran into our cars. Once we were in our cars, they all had lined up on the sidewalk looking towards our cars, then turned around in unison and walked away down into the park. My friends and I parked our cars facing each other and called each other on the phone to talk about what happened. We assumed it was some kids from H.P. High School, which they nicknamed Heroin High because they are very interesting characters that attend that high school. We ended up just staying in the car for a couple hours, talking and trying to process that whole situation. Two hours passed, and it may have been 1 or 2 a.m. Out of nowhere, some sort of giant aircraft came out of nowhere, and it was flying above the neighborhood over the top of the hill. It looked like what a UFO would look like. I had never seen anything like it before. All of us were in shock. I looked over to our friends in the other car and all our jaws were dropped and we did not say a word to each other. It wasn't one of those moments where someone sees a UFO hundreds of miles away in the sky for a couple seconds, then it just disappears. This UFO was just hovering above this neighborhood for at least a minute or two, long enough and close enough for me to roll down my window and stick my head out to study it. I remember the noise of the machinery too. I remember seeing three red lights and three blue lights spinning in circles as it was hovering. I remember trying to study the whole aircraft and try to remember all the details. Then it descended down into the neighborhood and just disappeared. And I emphasize, this was a suburban neighborhood in Huntington Beach. There's no landing pad. There's no airport. There's just nothing that would allow any planes or aircrafts to land or take off. It just descended and disappeared, and we waited until 4 a.m. to see if anything would happen after, but nothing did. 
We just went home after and went to sleep. The next day, I did some research, and from what I can remember, May 6th was Walpurgis Day. Witches Day. Uh, I tried to see if there were UFO sightings, and I remember seeing an article of someone reporting a UFO in Singapore or somewhere in Asia with similar red and blue lights. Could these two things somehow be correlated? I recently reconnected with my friend, and we got to chat about it years after it happened, and our stories are still the same. I ran into one of the guys a few years ago at an Outburgers. I literally just called his name. We made eye contact, and I said, Do you remember me? He said, Yes, then said my name. And all I said to him afterwards was, That day, that was real, right? I'm not crazy. And he immediate replied, That shit was real. We exchanged smiles. He grabbed his food and left. Could anyone provide any clarity on this? It happened so long ago and kind of just suppressed the memory. But it was very much real and finally searching for answers. Let me know. Thanks so much. No idea, but I'm freaked out. So to start, I know a decent amount about things like this, and I have a general idea of what they can look and act like. So today I wake up and it's only just become 4 a.m., so I headed downstairs to get a water and smoke a cigarette on my back patio. Typically, my grandmother's dogs do not follow me or even really pay attention to me at all, but tonight, as I'm on my back patio, both of them follow me outside, and they freeze in their tracks. There's a corner between the garage door and the fence of my backyard and my bedroom window is just over the garage door. About 14 feet off the ground, I'd say. So my dogs are frozen in place and just staring hard at this corner. And then I begin to get that sinking feeling in my stomach that I'm being watched. My dogs have not moved from staring at this corner, and I've only been outside for around five minutes at this point, so I start staring at this corner, too. There is a tree right up against this fence in this corner, and I am very familiar with how it looks at night. But tonight, it looked off. I can kind of make out what looks like a person's head where their eyes would be just level with my window. The second I notice this, my dogs absolutely lose their shit barking at what I thought was nothing, and these are dogs that typically don't bark, not even for neighbors or postmen. At this point, I can clearly see that something is standing in this corner looking into my window, or at me. I went inside and brought my dogs with me and made sure to shut the door and draw the blinds completely over it, and they have not stopped barking. I go upstairs and pretend that I heard and saw nothing, but as I look at my window, I can see the top of the head I mentioned earlier, just at the corner of my window, where typically there is nothing because of how high off the ground it is. It's too dark for me to clearly capture something on camera, but I am very sure of what I saw. I live in Texas at the edge of an urban area that they have only started expanding onto in the last 10 years. From the front of my house, it used to be miles of apple orchards and fields, and for the most part, it still is fields. But now they've started building houses here. I find this strange only because it's such an urban area, but I know there's no 14-foot people walking around peering in the windows. I can't say for sure what it could be. Or was I only know what I saw? 
I've had previous experiences with things like this when I lived out in Oregon and rural Ohio as a kid, and only once or twice living in a semi-wooded areas in the panhandle of Florida. If anyone has any ideas or speculations on this, I would love to hear it. But for now, I'm going to pretend this didn't happen. Late, but I've got two quick ones. My friend and I were fishing in a 20 boat just inside the Skyway Channel in Tampa Bay. I lost my bait, so I set another shrimp on and half cast it over the side. The weight only dropped maybe six feet and started sliding to stern. I looked down and saw grayish-white spots. We were drifting, and there was a manta drifting along underneath us. It wasn't longer than the boat, but it was way wider. It hung out for a minute or two, then swam away. Not scary. I actually thought about diving in and swimming with it, but I didn't have my fins. Mask or snorkel? My friends and I used to gig stingrays and use them to catch big sharks in the bay. I'm talking full liters and stout tarpon rods with big tests. We'd catch big hammerheads, 10, 12 FT, but we didn't dare bring them close. Just cut the line and start boasting. One night I hooked something. I tried to set the hook and whatever it was didn't budge. One of my buddies pulled up the anchor and that thing pulled us three, four miles at around two knots, through Gandhi, bridged straight through the center pass. Never came up nor dived, never sped up nor slowed down. It acted like we weren't even there. We voted and decided we did not want to know what it was. So I cut my line. This was 30 years ago, and these guys are still my friends. Sometimes, if we're hammered, we still come up with possibilities. Still haven't come up with a viable one. The most terrifying night I have ever experienced was when my mother-in-law bought me a night vision scope for Christmas. We had a lot of deer that would come through the backyard. I shut off all of the lights in the house and opened up the back door, hoping to see a deer. What I saw was a full-blown skeleton in detail about ten yards away. I could see every little detail, ribs, eye sockets, teeth, and everything. The skeleton was noticed me, and it slowly turned its head and made eye contact with me. It transformed into a ball of energy and bounced away. I immediately walked to exactly where it was standing, and it was looking through the French doors to my bedroom as my wife was laying in bed. I lost my shit after that. I'm telling you, every bit of this is true. Cheers. Two things first. One, not to weird, because science. But at night, if you look down where the wheel, big propeller that pushes boat, is churning in the water, these strange lights happen. Blue-purple lights. I think it's static electricity release. Next, the Matrix Code. I literally saw it. Imagine a storm wind howling and blowing about 60 miles per hour. I was outside with my back to the house, where the bridge galley and bunks are. When the storms are that bad, you go right into the wind, so the back of the house is the safest place to stand. I was facing towards the stern, back. There was rain coming down through the sodiums, giant lights illuminating the back deck, 
The wind was blowing the rain at high rates of speed. This created that effect where it looked to be falling slowly. Mixed with exhaustion, the rain looked exactly like the Matrix Code. Not shitting you. Former Navy here. Huge storms where the waves towered over the ship, glowing oceans at midnight. But the creepiest is something entirely different. While underway, we always keep dark ship conditions at night. No exterior lights at all. Walking out on the deck at night, you can see every flash of starlight on the waves as we pass. One night, I went on the deck for a bit of air and to watch the stars. I started to feel uneasy, like if a person is standing right behind you. I looked at the water, and there was a huge empty space next to the ship. Couldn't see water, wave tips, or even the frothy wake of the ship. Just a big oval dark patch. No sound, no light reflecting, nothing. I stood there staring until it finally just shrunk and disappeared, like it had submerged. There were no submarines nearby, and it didn't make any splash, wave, or noise at all. I was in the sea as a commercial diver lifting rocks and pumping gravel on the west coast of South Africa on my first diamond diving gig. I was on my second working dive fresh out getting my class. I mixed gas ticket in me and my new house. Maiden diver that took me under his wing were a little bit hungover for a 7 a.m. dive in shallow water. I was young. I could handle a hungover dive back then. Now it would literally kill me. Dehydration and diving is a huge no, no. Shallow water sucks for this kind of diving because there is plenty of surge. We were only a meager 15 meters on the bottom most of the time. The swell was so large that the depth would vary, meaning rapid equalizing and rapid exhalations timed with the waves so that you don't get a bad ear. Squeeze or an embolism. When I jumped into the water, I was looking into a beautiful peeling barrel some 40 meters off. I remember thinking, WTF am I doing? Anyway, so this swell was providing an interesting challenge. We could not do our jobs because the suction hoses were flailing wildly, even when weighted down by drums filled with rocks. I had my legs wrapped around the pipe and held onto the handles near the nozzle, and it was a rodo on one of the Kraken's tentacles. My new buddy was worse off on the hangover and was doing the same. It proved too much for him, and something happened that I will never forget. As we were taking this crazy ride on the Squidotron 5000, I saw him take one hand of the nozzle and take his DV out and vomit into the water, put his DV. Back in gave me two thumbs up. In commercial diving, thumbs up means a okay. Motioning your thumbs upward a few times means you're going to surface. The cloud of puke was quite swiftly set upon by a school of small fish. Most surreal thing I have seen next to seeing a bull shark take a massive ship cloud next to me. I used to live in my parents' restaurant, situated at an airport for gliders, 15 kilometers from any city. So basically, it was just us and no one else. As we were not close to the city, 
we had and still have some unusual exchanges. Happening here, and sometimes even people coming to have intimate encounters in their cars. I happened to witness that maybe two, three times a year on the nights when I was still awake, but I think it may have happened more often than I realized. Now let me share the story. I'll use a heartbeat rate, HBR, to illustrate my personal condition. Normal April, okay, the chilling state. One night about ten years ago, when I was still a student, I was coming back from a friend's house between 2 and 3 a.m. in my car. At the time, I was driving an old Mini Mayfair. Both headlights weren't as bright as those of a new car, but it was still a cool car. I entered the parking lot just as I usually did and saw a big man standing between me and my house. I wasn't really scared because, well, I don't know. It's my home and I'm, I'm only about 15 meters away from it. I usually feel safe around here no matter what. I was more like, is this another strange encounter? So I went slowly in his direction. As I got closer, my car's light started to reveal that this dude was indeed really big. About two meters tall, I'd say. But he was also holding a shotgun. I froze up at that moment. The car was stopped, but the engine was still running. The dude started yelling something and pointed a flashlight at me. All I could think of at that moment was, should I ram into him? I couldn't see anything because of his flashlight. I stayed still and saw the flashlight moving closer to me, stopping in front of my driver's window. He was still talking to me, but my brain unfroze, and I realized he wasn't speaking my language at all. So I remember slightly rolling down my window and saying pretty loudly, I don't understand. At this moment, two other flashlights appeared out of nowhere. I was starting to feel in trouble. Then the man at my window turned to his side and pointed his flashlight at his shoulder. That's when I saw it, a G.I.G.N. badge on his jacket. Still bewildered about what was happening, I managed to stammer out that I was living here. One of the other men then told me, in French this time, that the man who had terrified me was a member of the Polish Special Forces. They, along with G.I.G.N., were conducting a night training in the area because the Glider Airport is also a state field, so they had the right to do so. Their mission was to secure the area while another group of G.I.G.N.N. and Polish Special Forces had the mission to infiltrate it during the night. So they let me go, and when I reached my house, I just stayed at the window, with the lights off, of course and got to witness a real counter-strike action as a reward. The next day, my father told me that G.I.G.E.N. had come to eat at the restaurant the day before and informed him that they were going to use the restaurant and its surroundings as a training area during the night. As he didn't know I was coming home, he forgot to tell me. From that moment on, my dad made sure to inform me every time, and I even managed to sneak into some of their training sessions. They trained here about one, two times a year at our place, mostly during the night, but also once in broad daylight. On that occasion, the mission was known only to my father in the G.I.G.N. One person played a mafia boss, dining at the restaurant and being protected by two large bodyguards. The mission was to arrest them all in the midst of normal customers, which successfully startled everyone. My dad thought it would be fun to scare them as all the customers were regulars or friends of his,